Welcome everyone to the Questioning Church podcast. My name is Megan Gardner. And my name is Jono. And we are your hosts yes. for this podcast. We have been talking about starting this for a very long time. Welcome to episode one, the it, introduction. At least a year we've been talking about starting this. Yeah. And it's we're excited that you've joined us here today. So we are a young married couple with three kids and we've been serving as pastors Preachers, teachers, leaders, staff, volunteer, whatever you want to call us, elders at local churches um, in like a charismatic movement for the last 10 years. And we started this podcast because during this time in ministry, you know, teaching and leading and, you know, recruiting volunteers and doing the works of ministry and behind the scenes, we have felt that there's some flaws in some things that we believe. Yeah. Some things that we feel like the church believes that we might not think that God approves of right. or that is actually okay. Right. Exactly. Um, and I think this is a good thing to say up front too is, you know, we spent the last 10 years in full-time ministry, but as of right now, like we are not in full-time ministry and it's been two weeks now, two weeks, which is crazy. Yeah. Uh, two weeks that I have not been in a full-time ministry position and it feels weird, but I'm excited because now I feel like it's okay for me to start answering these questions That's um, right. or having these questions. You know, I was feeling kind of guilty that I was questioning things that we were doing as a church um, and still having to lead in that church role. You know, I was feeling guilty. And so I feel good. I feel relieved. Now that we're out of a full-time ministry role and we're able just to have open, honest conversations. Yeah. So we'll tell you all about that story, how we came to get to that point and where we are right now. But like you said, we've been in full-time active ministry, helping people find their faith when we kind of feel like not losing ours, but we have huge gray areas. And that's exactly why we call this like deconstructing like those gray areas in modern Christianity, because maybe you felt that too, just how to like spend some time in service and thought, oh, Mm -hmm. uh, I saw some things that were kind of sketchy today or just questionable in general. Not quite sure if the Bible, what what the the Bible says about this Mm -hmm. or if I should believe it or practice it or if it's true. Um, And those are great areas. We want to talk about those because we've experienced them. Maybe you have too. Right. So for example, maybe like, you hear your pastor preaching something out of context, you know, preaching something out of the Bible out of context. I've heard that a lot, you know, in my life. Me too. And um, I've always just gone along with it, you know, and now I'm, I feel like we have the freedom to say, oh, that's not right. Yeah. You know, or, you know, bashing other churches, um, political parties, races and movements for their practices. People hitting people with Bibles. Yeah, people hitting people literally. Like <laughs> I'm, I'm saying, literally taking a Bible and hitting people <laughs> with them. This oh, is the kind man. of church I'm used to, you know. Yo, I mean, there. So among other things, yeah, there have been some, yeah, s- sketchy. I don't know, awkward. Yeah. Just gray areas in the church. I'll give you another example. I've been in the production role of churches for the last couple of years. And, um, you know, in the last couple of years, I've grilled volunteers for my soundboard not sounding right. Mm. You know, and then when I walk away from it, I'm like, does that really matter? How dare you? Yeah. Yeah. But I've, I've grilled volunteers like, don't you dare miss a light cue. 
Like we've worked hard for you to hit these light cues and you just missed it. I know. But then I'm like, Oh, I don't think Jesus cares about the light cues. You know, I know. And this is, that's every area. Listen, I mean, some of you might be volunteers in kids church and maybe, you know, you're just being asked to serve so much more than, you know, your free time has, and maybe you're getting burnt out or you're on staff at a church and the pastor is never there. And you're like, where's my guidance? Where's my leader? You know, we're following biblical principles, but you know, this doesn't feel like it's biblical here. All of these things. I I mean, we have so much content. (laughs) So we're like ready to start a podcast. That's why we started this is (laughs) we've been having these conversations with each other for the last year, every night, just questioning everything that we do, everything that we've been taught and having amazing conversations while doing this. And so we were like, we just need to start recording these conversations and create a podcast about it. Yeah, because I'm sure other people are wondering that too. Yeah. So it's caused us to ask a lot of really hard questions. And Mm -hmm. I will be honest, we'll tell our story and our journey and you guys will get to know us in this introduction episode. But the questions that we've been asking are a little scary because at times I think I'm losing my faith. Right. But I think I'm just trying to understand people Mm -hmm. and how they interpret religion and what I really believe because my culture has taught me a lot um, throughout the years. And I just have gone along with things, but really for me, it became super apparent when we're like trying to teach our kids now, why we even celebrate Christmas and Easter, but just why we do what we do. Why do we pray to God? Who is God? You know, why is he important in my life? I have a hard time answering a lot of those questions Yeah, and it makes me me really wonder what do I believe to be true? Yeah, me too. Or, you know, sitting um, in church on a Sunday morning as a staff member, hearing pastor preach and then questioning things that he says, you know, like, "Eh, I'm not, I'm not sure if I believe that, you know? Um, But you know what? I think that's okay. You know, and it's caused me specifically to start my deconstruction process a little bit before you of just deconstructing things that, you know, I was taught, we'll tell our story here in a second. I grew up super Pentecostal charismatic. So just kind of deconstructing my faith of what I was told to believe to start figuring out what I'm supposed to believe based on the Bible. Yeah. You know, and I feel like a horrible person because I have people, you know, texting me saying, <laughs> don't lose your faith, Jono. And I'm like, I'm, I'm not like, hold I'm, on, I, God yeah, bless you. Hold on. I know you're struggling, but you'll be there. You know, why do we have old voices? When I know, we, I don't know. When we quote people someone, encouraging us. Someone said to me a couple weeks ago, they said, what are you going to do when the rapture takes place? And I said, I'm going to go to heaven. Like, yeah. it's okay for me to have doubts, you know? Um, think sure. of doubting Thomas in the Bible. My man doubted Jesus to his face. Sure. You know, like it's okay for me to question things and have doubts. Yeah. And so that's why we made this is whatever. I feel like we've said that eight times now, but that's, that's what we're no, doing. It's because, you know, here are a lot of us sitting in a maybe pastoral role or a leadership role or mm-hmm. just you're attending church. And sometimes we don't have free space to ask those. I would love to just sit down with, you know, my leader, be able to do that and say, Hey, you said something and I wasn't sure if I believed it. Can you explain that a little bit more? I don't think we have a lot of space to do that in church or through our walk with faith and our journey coming to know, you know, Jesus, the details of our salvation is extremely intricate and it's different for every person. 
we are open to interpret the Bible differently and that's okay. But man, it gets muddy, you know, and there's so many things that have happened to me that have almost traumatized me in Mm -hmm. religion and has caused me to wonder like, was that God or was that people? Right, exactly. And it's frustrating. It causes like, you know, and now we're almost 30 and we are really going like, do we have to keep doing this or or is there something else out there because we just feel like maybe some truths that we have aren't real. And some examples of that can be like, can you be saved, like be a Christian, be saved, but still struggle with like anxiety, depression, mm-hmm. fear, even though we quote all the time, like that's not of God. You must right. have the devil like exactly. <laughs> fighting against you. I had, but I had someone tell me recently when I told him I was in therapy, I don't want to say who, but this uh, older person said, you don't need that therapist. All you need to do is get on your knees before Jesus. And I just, I know, like, I was like, are you kidding me? Like, that's what you have to say to me right now. Not, (laughs) not, I'm proud of you. Not good job for bettering yourself. No, it was, you don't need to talk to a therapist. You need to talk to Jesus. Like what? So what we're trying to say is we're a little bit jaded and we're trying to figure out our faith right now. Uh, you know, anyway, so, so we're going to be asking really hard questions over however long we do this podcast. Things like, is the Bible meant to be taken literally? That's a great question that that I always thought was true. Like the Bible is literal, but now I don't think it is. You've been, we've been doing digging. Yeah. Yeah. We want to share all this. Right. How much fear of God is a healthy fear? How much sin is too much sin? Uh, yeah. what sin, what is sin and is God mad when I sin? Right. You know, all of these questions, what does salvation mean? Ugh. Can you be saved and be depressed? Does God intentionally make mistakes? You know, all these questions that I think are good questions that a lot of people have that are, they're scared to ask them. Yeah. Or you just really don't have a space. And we found out that what we're going through and maybe you're going through is not new. Right. It's not, we're not, you're not alone. We are not alone. We're not the only ones, you know, questioning what is going on at my church, in my religion, and in my faith. That's not a new concept. It's even in the Bible. Mm-hmm. It's all throughout Psalms, too. David kind of does this 180 a lot of times, um, even through the Psalms, like in fear, like, right. God, where are you? You know, I feel like you're far away from me. And it's not that like we feel that now, but we do have questions like, God, you know, what on earth are you doing with these people around me? Because I don't feel like this is what you want or desire. And we have really realized that it's okay to take a break sometimes from active ministry. That's what we are doing to answer some of these questions. So this is a safe place for you to do that. We would love to hear from you guys as well. Who, whoever's listening, all 8,000 of you. Oh um, yeah. You know, we have downloads (laughs) like crazy. Um, but we'd love to hear from you guys. If you guys have any questions or if you want us to interview you, if you have a story you'd like to talk with us about, you know, um, We'd love to talk to you about it. And you can DM us on our Instagram um, with all your churchy questions. Churchy questions. And our Instagram is at Questioning Church Podcast. And we for real would love for you guys to send us some things. Now, listen, we're not saying we have all the answers because we do not have all of the answers no. <laughs> at all. What I'm saying is we would just love to talk about it. Yeah. That's what we want. This is your safe place to deconstruct because we all know that talking about breaking free from a religious practice or a thought um, is extremely 
traumatizing it can be and not only impact you but your whole family i know a lot of people that broke free from a lot of um religious oppression or they're actively doing that now and it's a life-altering decision Mm -hmm. so i get that i totally get if you're not sure if your church is you know really it and you're ready to like break free of some of those beliefs, it can be scary. You'll lose some friends or, you know, just your life changes, but this can be a safe place for you to just entertain some of those thoughts in a healthy place without, you know, actually bring that to someone if you're not ready yet. Exactly. And, uh, something else I want to say is that I may change my mind. I don't know about you, Megan, but if someone gives me a good argument, I really consider it. I feel like I'm a very open-minded person. And so I may be changing my mind throughout this podcast. I hope we do this for years. I would love to do this for years. Um, And so I may believe something now that I don't believe in six months from now, you know, and I'll have to say like, Hey, I was wrong. Yeah. Or I think I was wrong, you know? Yeah. And I'm okay with saying that. That's the thing about me is like, I'm totally okay with saying it. Like, Hey, I believe, you know, this is true now. And then in six months, "Eh, I think I was wrong. Yeah. Everyone, you'll get to know Jono really well and you'll get to know me really well. We are extremely open-minded. Yeah people or we try to be try to be i mean that's like saying oh i'm really humble you can't say that you're not (laughs) that's a humble brag is what that is right but i will say person i know yeah (laughs) (laughs) but we enjoy each other's company very much um we are an awesome team together we've done everything together our entire life um in our life that we've known each other and uh we are very open-minded so that's why we we want to take this time we'll tell you our story here in a bit and get to know us a little bit more so let's jump right in megan how um how did you grow up in church tell me about it tell me about your religious background oh gosh tell me all right i don't have a religious background but i have a story We, we all have a story so I didn't really grow up in church, not necessarily. Um, I guess my parents, we grew up in Florida. What up? 813 Central Florida. Whoop, whoop. It was a fantastic place to grow up. Anyway, my parents didn't really go to church. Um, we just, we knew how to pray. We did pray. Uh, I knew the Lord's Prayer, which is fantastic. So I you don't know. didn't go to church, but you knew the Lord's Prayer? I did. Who taught you that? I don't know. My mom or my dad. Wow. I think my dad has a little bit of Catholic background okay. because he did say as a boy, you went to Catholic church. That's all I've ever heard of. But my family would have condemned church. your family to hell. <laughs> not going to church and only knowing the Lord's prayer. How dare you? We celebrated Christmas. You know, we were oh, just wow. a typical... But it wasn't about Jesus, was it? No. Yeah. Mm, sinners. It was them Santa Claus. Going straight to hell. No, we didn't. I didn't. I think I have one memory of going to a church meet on like an Easter and I wear a dress and I hated it. I was probably like eight, but no, I don't have young memories of going to church. Mm -hmm. We weren't really a church family. We're just a happy, good, go lucky family. And then around 13, my parents' marriage started to get really rocky. They divorced and my sister got invited to go to a youth group um, from a guy she was dating, my older sister. She was 16, I think, at the time, something like that. Anyway, he went and invited her. She brought me, and that was the really first experience I ever had. It was at a Pentecostal church, Mm -hmm. a pretty large one, too. And I just went with my sister on a Wednesday night, 7 p.m. There was pizza. Oh, yeah. And cute boys. Oh, yeah. And Jesus culture. 
Yes. Was playing. Yeah, yeah. And my youth pastor was super cool, and they were like riding skateboards, and mm. I don't know, they played pranks on each other. Yeah, that's an insurance liability right there. It was so fun. <laughs> it was really the there was a student band, you know, a worship band yeah. that was all students. I love, I loved it. I fell in love with church right around that age. Did you fall in love with church, or did you fall in love with Jesus? Church. Okay. Because it was really fun. Right. And there was a cafe. So when did you fall in love with Jesus? Um, eh, somewhere around 14. Took me a good year of going okay. because I really got interested in the church. I wanted to go on Sundays. Like I, I wanted to be there all the time because it was so fun, so cool. It really got me away from the drama at home right. with my parents divorcing. Right. So I wanted to be in this happy environment where there was people encouraging me and uplifting me all the time, praying with me whenever I wanted, mm-hmm. youth leaders and friends. So I made lots of friends at the youth group. I dedicated my life to Jesus, um, have a lot of head knowledge about who Your youth was. pastor sounds better than mine was. Really? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh. Funny story. I got quick. baptized around 14, too. I did decide to get baptized then. Right on. Yeah. One time, my youth pastor, I, I confided in him and told him I was struggling with porn. I was probably like 15, you know, told him, man, I'm really struggling with porn. I need some help, whatever. This is a private conversation, you know? Okay. My man, two days later, gets up to preach in youth group and says, and listen, some of you guys may be struggling with porn like Jono. <laughs> <laughs> I swear that happened. He called you out. He called me out. And, you know, my dad was the pastor of the church, and so that quickly got found out. And so all of a sudden, my porn problem was over <laughs> because we had... No computers in the house. Back then, I was frying my mom and dad's computers. Oh, they went old Viruses. school with it. That, oh, yeah. that tradition works, though. Oh, if yeah. you just embarrass someone enough, they'll Jeez. quit doing what they're doing. All right. So then you fell in love with Jesus. Yes, I got, got baptized. baptized. Yeah, I I was there every time the doors were open at any event. We yeah, had like homeless uh, outreach outreaches. I was there, car washes, you know, to raise money to go to youth camp. I was there. I went to youth camp every year. I became a youth leader. Um, I I grew up going on Wednesday nights in my teenage years mm-hmm. every single Wednesday. I loved it. I became active in the band. I loved to sing, play piano. And I just learned to love it. And then I met you. Yeah. Yeah. In a ministry program. And we'll we'll, we'll talk about that here in a second. Yeah. Are you done with yours? Yeah, that's it. Okay. All right. So I'll tell you guys my background really quick. I'll try to make this really fast. (laughs) Um, So I was actually a drug baby. Uh, A lot of people don't know this about me, but I was a drug baby. Um, I was drugged to church every time the door was open. (laughs) See what I did there? Your parents Uh, made you go. Oh, yeah. All right. So my dad became a full-time lead pastor when I was about five years old at um, Pentecostal Church, uh, at the Church of God denomination, actually. And um, so he became a lead pastor. And man, we were at church Sunday morning. We would go home, eat, take a nap, watch football, be back at the church for Sunday night. And then we'd have Monday night prayer meeting, Wednesday night church. And then we cleaned the church on Friday nights, me and my dad and my brother. But did you love this? No, I hated it. Oh. oh my God, I hated it. Mm. But you know what? I had the freshest suits because we oh. were we were old school Pentecost. You know, you had to wear a suit. So your boy was looking fresh with his suits, man. Aww. I was looking so what good. What ages? Like you still mean, wearing suits when you were like fifteen to church? Uh, 
N- not then. It kind of backed off to like a button up and some slacks. Okay. Um, but, but yeah, from I probably stopped wearing suits at like twelve. Okay. Um, but what from, size church did you grow up in? Well, my dad honestly he's really good at growing churches. So he he's taken a couple churches now that had less than thirty people, and he's gotten them up to you know multiple hundreds. M- multiple hundreds. Multiple <laughs> hundreds. Does that make sense? Hundreds of people, it's, you know, I want to say Michigan uh, yeah. school system right there. Less, at than, its best. less than 500, more than 300, you know, in there. Um, yeah. He's done that for two different churches now. Um, so it's a decent sized church. So, yeah, I grew up, grew up that way. Um, I would say I got saved when I was really little. Um, like be, knowing Jesus and loving Jesus. Yeah, I would say that. Um, but I would say it didn't like fully click until I went to Bible college. And I was kind of forced to go into Bible college. My parents forced me to because I told them I'm just going to join the Marines and die. <laughs> wow. Because I was mad at them. Yeah, I was just going to say, I that actually sounds like the typical 16-year-old yeah. yeah, thing to say. Exactly. I was I was mad at them. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go be a Marine and join the infantry and die. Like, that was my plan. Wow. And uh, so they actually, they bought me the plane ticket. I missed the flight on purpose. I'm like walking slow through the airport. Oh, I hate you as a son. (laughs) Oh, Oh, I hope our sons aren't like you. That was terrible. They bought me another flight that same day, (laughs) got me into Florida. And that's when I met you was in Florida. And I think that's when everything kind of clicked. You know, you get in front of Jesus for so long. We were in like an intense discipleship program. Uh, you get in front of Jesus for that long. Eventually, you know, you just give in, and that's what I did. I, did. I eventually gave up my will and was like, "All right, Jesus, yeah, you can have me." I and guess. I got to witness that. Yeah. That's what's special. So we met at about I was seventeen. He had, was just turning eighteen. Yeah. Um, I would say he, you. I'm staring yeah. at you. Anyway, we met then, and we got married by nineteen years old. So <laughs> I mean, we, we that was quick. Someone said marry or burn. So <laughs> and we said okay. Yep. Yeah, and we so we decided to, to both head towards ministry. That's kind of where we met. Is, is I just fell yeah. in love with this youth group. I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. I wanted to go into ministry program because I I really fell in love with Jesus at that point, and um, didn't know what to do with my life. So did that, and I met you there, and mm-hmm. you were just so cute. Mm. So you know, that's your boy. You were riding a what was it? A motorcycle. Yeah, I had a crotch rocket. That back was then. cool. Yeah. Anyway, that's old Jono. We love old Jono. I know. Yep. But that's kind of how we met and just got launched in marriage. So we, we got married at 19, and then we became youth, youth pastors, pastors right away. The week yeah. after we got married, yeah. we, that was our first week youth pastoring. Yep. 19 years old, yep. we got launched into ministry, and now you're 29. I'm 29, and I'm not in ministry anymore. Well, recent, but yes. Yeah, I mean, two weeks ago, as of this recording, not in ministry right. anymore. It's a really weird feeling. It's a really weird feeling. Yeah, I don't even know what the heck I'm going to do with my life now. I don't know what I want to be when I grow up. (laughs) (laughs) No one does. Nobody knows. And that's okay. Yeah. So, anyways, all right, let's go with some fun facts about me and you. Let's do it. Yeah, we we, we got a few more minutes left in this podcast. Let's do some fun facts about me and you. First thing is, you're a three on the Enneagram. If we got any Enneagram fans out there. Oh, Enneagram, don't get me started. Yeah. I love it. I'm not a fan. Don't put me in a box. Oh, (laughs) stop. I'm just kidding. It's a great tool to learn and better yourself and blah, blah, blah. (laughs) Whatever. So you're a three. I'm either a six or a nine. We're not 100% sure which one. I guess it just depends on the day, right? Yeah, it does. You (laughs) act like both. Yeah, when I read the descriptions, I'm like, man, both of these are me identical. Like, 
Yeah, yeah we don't know. So if you're an Enneagram coach, uh, DM us yeah. and he'll figure that out one day. Right. We don't really know. Yeah, but here, yeah. So if you guys, you want to get to know Jono a little bit more, he can talk about any topic. If it's super serious, like deep in our marriage, like we're talking about, you know, where our vision is and where God's plan for us is, or he can just be talking about, you know, the football game mm-hmm. or something. It doesn't matter what it is. Jono looks you dead in the eye and just hears you, listens to you. You have that quality that yeah. is really amazing. It's just, it doesn't matter what the conversation is. You listen really well. Yeah. And I don't know I don't, people that I don't do have that. much to say. Like, I don't consider myself a talker, really. And so I figure the best thing I can do for people is just listen. Because I feel like everyone listens to talk. And I don't like to do that. So I just want to listen and hear what people have to say. I love you. Yeah. Yeah. And the next thing about Jono, another fact, is that he is an avid country boy. I wouldn't say that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. He loves to hunt. Just because I hunt fish. And loving every day. Yeah, right. Yeah. Just because I hunt fish, drive a truck, and listen to country music doesn't mean I'm a country boy. Jono, you're a country boy. No. Yes. I'm, I'm a country city boy. Like, I, I like to be close to the city. You have a mullet. It's it's grown out. It's not really a mullet anymore. <laughs> it's a country boy. <laughs> yeah, He's a country a boy. Whatever. You're definitely a country boy. He is an uh, obvious Office fan. He's got a tattoo of the world's best boss. Um, yes, I love the Office. We should feature that on our Instagram page, your tattoo of the world's yeah, best boss. Yeah, we should, because I am the world's best boss. You yes. know what I'm saying? <laughs> okay. And another fun fact about Jono is he has like six group texts going at all times. He's a people person. Yeah. People like flock to him. They love him. I don't know what it is. Mm-hmm. It just, I like you don't struggle with relationships right. at all. Yeah. Someone meets you and they love you mm-hmm. right away. And then you guys exchange phone numbers and you're best friends for like decades and yeah. you never see each other. I know. You are friends with people across the entire US that you never I, see. I see like once every four years and we're yeah. like best friends. On top of yeah. all the people that you normally see. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. I just love friends. I, I love people in my life. And mm-hmm. I want to be there for people, you know? Yeah. And so that just means I have a lot of friends. And if Jono goes somewhere, he doesn't go alone. No. He, no oh, no. it's shopping. doesn't matter what yeah. it is. Going hunting or like yeah. he has to take someone with him. Whereas yeah. I'm just not that way. But yeah. you love that. Yeah. Unless I'm at home. But then for some reason, like I love to be alone. I think oh. it's like my safe place. It's kind of like my nineness talking. You know, when I'm home, like I'm I'm like want to be alone and be a vegetable. And but like if I'm going to go out, TV. binge watch The Office, if I'm going to go out though, like I'm going to bring someone with me. I'm going to call them up. Hey, what are you doing? Nothing. All right. Come with me. And fun facts about Megan. <laughs> I'm putting you on the spot. Yeah. Okay. I got this. Fun facts about Megan is Megan loves her TV shows. Her TV shows such as The Office. Oh, yeah. Dexter. Vikings. Squid Games. Oh, come on! Squid Games is so good it's right now. It's so good. Yeah, Megan loves her TV shows. Oh, New Girl. Oh, New Girl. Oh, what was that one we watched? Oh, with the Rose family. Uh, Shit's Creek. Yeah, Shit's Creek. Come on, David. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, Megan loves her TV shows, but she's like that type of person that hears or like watches an episode and then can quote the whole episode basic white girl which is very frustrating for me because i'm i like i have to watch tv with subtitles because i just I can quote movies from the 80s that I've seen, yeah. you know, back when I was a little kid. You do or, the same thing with music. You'll listen to a song one time and know all the lyrics. Yes. I don't know why. Yeah. I it's really, really weird. Like, 
I no, it's not change. weird. It's so cool, babe. Um, all right. The next thing is Megan loves to paint. and sh- I consider you an artist. Thanks. Babe, we have um, a painting. We have a couple paintings hanging in our house that you have painted. One of our awesome, beautiful dog, Samson. Oh, my heart and soul. Precious little pit bull ever. And he is your baby. He's my baby. He is your baby. Yeah. And not, not only that. But you love your chickens. Oh, I love my chickens. <laughs> yeah. And so you're going to call me a country boy when you're over here, like, holding chickens. I'm not in denial. And, like, petting them and calling them names. What, what was their names? Uh, Flora. Yeah. Fauna. LaFonda. And Meriwether. <laughs> there it is. Okay. What's that from again? From Sleeping Beauty. Okay. Yeah. See, I didn't know that. <laughs> Uh, all right, so yeah, you're an animal mom and a chicken mom. <laughs> and a normal mom. And a normal mom, too. Yeah, that, too. Um, and I'm going to say this is the third one, and it's only because of the room that we're sitting in right now, which is a project that I started and didn't finish, is the third fun fact about you is you finish your projects, you start. <laughs> oh, that cuts deep. Yeah, you, you do. Like, you start something and you finish it, and that's that's awesome. I appreciate that about you. Yeah. Because... <laughs> If you I don't. were put in charge of it, <laughs> it would be halfway done and I would get bored and move on to the next project. <laughs> Y'all should see him put together. When he, when we had babies, like he would be putting together the crib and he'd be like, gotta hit this. Yeah. You, know, you, get, you get like to step three, you give up. Super pissed You're off. like, I'm done. This is the stupidest thing ever. A baby can sleep on the floor. Yeah. Yeah. So. And then I give up. And, and then, then I'll come back to it and then a couple like, days later. It's all right. Let me just pick. Let me finish this. Yeah. We'll just, we'll get, come on, we'll get it together. And yeah, yeah. we need each other though. We do. We're a good team. We're a good team. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a little bit about us. Thanks for sticking with us this entire episode in our introduction for Questioning Church podcast. We're wrapping it up here, but we wanted to remind you that you're not alone if you have these questions. So let us know what they are. We love to either bring you on the podcast or to answer questions that you submit. So follow us at Questioning Church Podcast. Share this podcast with somebody as well who maybe is going through something similar and keep listening because we're pumped to record all of these. I'm excited. (laughs) I love having these conversations. Episodes, yeah. Yeah. We're very excited to to just launch this, to get it started. We have no idea where we're going to be at the end of this or, you know, six months from now. How long this is even going to go? We don't even know. We didn't realize how difficult it is setting up uh, all this stuff to do a podcast. Goodness. But, you know, we're in it now and we're going to do it. We're going to do it. So thanks for being here with us. Enjoying this journey. We'll catch you next week. See ya.